Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, bro? Oh, we are feeling good. I'm doing great. One question, one question only. How you feeling? Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. How could we not be doing well? It is a football Friday. Games last night, a full Saturday slate tomorrow. Primetime games Sunday and Monday. It is here, it is back, and it is glorious. But there is still time for a little preview to get you set for what you're going to see starting tomorrow from the two-time Defending champs. It's the sounds of Saturday, and it's Georgia. The DA Show counts down the days until the electricity of college football season returns with the game's greatest voices. It is tipped off, and Lewis going on the deflection. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. It's the sounds of Saturday every morning on CBS Sports Radio. Dejon Edwards in the backfield, play fake, Stet sets up to throw, pressure coming up, wide open, McConkey reaches up high, touchdown, touchdown McConkey, nobody near him. That's the voice of the Georgia Bulldogs, the voice of Scott Howard, and he has been busy calling wins and titles over the last two years, 29-1 overall, 15 for 15 a year ago, back-to-back titles, a three-peat possible, hasn't happened since the 1930s. That's the Georgia Bulldogs here in 2023. And again, this is Scott Howard, their radio voice with us on Sounds of Saturday. Scott, it is Andrew. How are you today? Andrew, good. I'm, uh, I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing really, really well, except for not being a Georgia fan. So I don't have that in my back pocket to make me feel good every, <laughs> every weekend. But, you know, I'm I keep... on the bandwagon. Uh, is there still space? Oh, yeah. There's, there's always space. Yeah. And you know what? I actually was going to ask you this along the way. Um, there is, you know, I'm in sitting here in New York, so there's evil empires, there's Yankees, there's the Cowboys, uh, there's Alabama football. How close is Georgia to flipping to that the bad side of winning when, when everybody starts rooting against you? Uh, oh, I think it's already there outside of the, the confines of the state of Georgia, probably. Certainly in the SEC, 
Uh, you know, Georgia has, uh, I think, not only displaced Alabama as, as the top program in the conference, but as, you know, public enemy number one in the eyes of uh, most of the other teams. Uh, yeah, I think they've already reached that. I, um, you know, outside of the just the Georgia fans, uh, I don't know how many new ones they're building. If your allegiance lies with uh, some other team and wearing some other colors, you're not you're not too happy to see Georgia coming to your town. So every Georgia conversation has at least the mention of the possible three-peat, and Kirby Smart has said time and again, you know, that, that can't be our focus. It's not what we're talking about. But, like, how do you also not have it be in the player's head that they are a couple of months maybe from something that hasn't happened in almost 100 years? Yeah, well, that's uh, that's his challenge, certainly, uh, him and the coaching staff to – to pound that out of these guys. Now the new guys, you know, the, and they've got a lot of incoming freshmen uh, that got here in in January. Most of them did. So, you know, they don't know that yet. I mean, they they know about it, but they don't know how what it is like to be a part of that. Um, so it, it's not too difficult for them. But the guys that have uh, that have been on the team, and certainly the ones that have won two in a row, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think you can eliminate you can't eliminate that from, from their mindset, but uh, it, you know, it's a new group of guys and uh, there's a lot of new faces at, at uh, different positions. So um, now, you know, the people that cover the program and all of that, uh, I mean, it's going to be talked about constantly and uh, people on the radio and, and all of that will constantly mention it. So uh, it's not going anywhere. Everybody's going to know that they're going for three in a row, but um, the team, can't be allowed to play the season like that because that's not how Kirby Smart runs his program. Now, I think whether it's college or pros and whatever the sport it is, it's it's hard to string titles together because at some point you just kind of get tired from playing all the extra games and the extra commitments, and obviously there's significant turnover year to year on the roster, so it's not all the same guys. Um, but is the program aware of the fact that their guys have played more snaps and been busier and had to do this and had to do that because they're champs. Anything, I guess, in terms of recovery and preservation to make sure they're in the right spot physically as another campaign begins here. You know, that, that topic, uh, I don't, I don't hear it uh, a lot around the program. Um, you know, and I'm sure they're prepared for that. You know, Georgia's, um, Georgia's got, uh, uh, the best of everything as far as facilities and uh, as far as uh, personnel. And, uh, you know, if, I mean, these guys are super creative. Uh, you know, Kirby Smart's been around college football for a long time, uh, and his staff is enormous. They've got somebody almost to do uh, – if you can think of it, they've got somebody <laughs> on staff that already does that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're covered in, in that area as far as preparation and recovery and – you know they 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 practice. So they plan for fifteen games a year. That's that's right. how they think. Scott, no SEC schedule is easy, but I've seen harder ones on paper, at least than what Georgia yeah. has. I mean, what's what's the fair label to give their their regular season slate right now? Well, this this regular season, uh, I like to say it's set up for Georgia to have success. Uh, that's how that's how I like to say it. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the UT Martin game is, uh, we open up on Saturday with UT Martin, which is an FCS school. Uh, you know, that game was scheduled and contracted four years ago. So, um, 
you know, most of these things are done in advance. I mean, you, you anticipate maybe what you're going to be like, uh, what your team will look like in, uh, when you're scheduling these games, but, uh, you don't, you don't always know. You don't know what the league's going to look like. Uh, you know, we've got our eight conference games this year and, and, uh, we had Oklahoma on the schedule for game number two. It was supposed to go to Norman. Uh, but when Oklahoma decided to, uh, jump out of the Big 12 and join the SEC, it was a home and home game. This was the first game of the home and home. Uh, the SEC forced, uh, Georgia to cancel the game because the, the contract wouldn't be able to be completed before Oklahoma would be a member of the conference. So Georgia had to replace the Oklahoma game. That became the Ball State game in week two. Um, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing uh, gives an appearance of a, of a weaker schedule. And uh, Georgia's been so dominant in its division, uh, you know, that the, I guess the Eastern Division of the SEC hasn't looked to be uh, much of a challenge to Georgia. So, you know, you factor in those things, and, um, and, and that's your schedule for 2023. Scott Howard, the voice of the Georgia Bulldogs, with us here this morning. Sounds a Saturday on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. In your estimation, Scott, what's the best argument against Georgia winning another title? Oh, man. I don't even know if I want to think about that. Um, well, what the are they concerned argument? with the most? Like, we on you know, football stuff, whether offensive line this, secondary that, what are they most concerned about as the new season begins? Uh, you know, and well, that's another good question, the way you put it there. <laughs> um, uh, offensive line is strong. Offensive line is strong and deep. I guess injuries, you know, injuries are always uh, top of mind for everybody. So if you, if you you have key players that become injured uh, and maybe you don't have the depth to replace them, that, that could be uh, a concern. I think they feel good at quarterback. You know, Stetson Bennett is gone after uh, starting most of the last two seasons, all of last year, winning two titles. Uh, I think they feel good with Carson back there. Um, uh, you know, the tight ends are you know, Brock Bowers is yeah. arguably the best in the country. And, uh, the receivers are, are, you know, it's a mixture of young and, and veteran group. They got a couple of transfers from the league and Dominic Lovett from Missouri and Rara Thomas from Mississippi State are going to help out a lot. Over on the defensive side, it's a, you know, there's a lot of no names, but, uh, you'll know their names after you've played them. I know that. Um, <laughs> So I, I don't know. I, you know, that's a that's a great question. So I'm going to be looking for the answer for that. I don't know what they're concerned about uh, that would keep them from from getting back to the playoff and, and having all kinds of great success. Yeah, because you know when I like, you know, when I think about it, it's more just about like history. It's just hard to do it. It's not about yeah. that I'm missing this position, and obviously an injury can change this conversation. But as the year starts, like that's because I you know I was looking at the I had the rankings running for a second, and I realize that people actually voted for other schools first place votes in both the AP and the coaches poll. And I'm trying to think of what the argument is. And I, as the year begins looking at their roster and trusting Kirby and trusting his coaching staff, the thing that has the most weight is just, it's not easy to do it. That like the field goal goes in this time instead of missing. Like that's, that's that, that, that the universe just doesn't let you get a three peat. Yeah, and there and there is a lot, you know, to your point, there is a lot of luck involved in in uh, getting to that point and winning it all. It takes it takes a lot of everything has got to be on, you know, aligned and and luck is certainly a part of it. And and I guess, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking uh, uh, of a better answer than the one I just gave. 
And I guess complacency is probably yeah. uh, the answer. So, you know, instead resting on your laurels and sitting there and thinking that, you know, we're the best in the country every time we go out. I mean, they can't have that, that frame of mind to play uh, college football in this season uh, and have success. So you got to build it on your own. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the key messages that, that uh, Kirby talks about all the time is, you know, complacency, uh, what's his humility is, is a week away. That's what he always says uh, after every week. And, and you know, we, we had, uh, we were humbled a few times last year, you know, Missouri and Ohio State. Those were the two games that were the most challenging. Other than that, Georgia was pretty dominant, but uh, it's, it's right around the corner if you let it. I want to ask you again about Carson Beck. You've already mentioned him. He's the new quarterback with Stetson Bennett now in the NFL. Does does Beck allow them to do anything different, anything more? Is he a better this, a better that than Stetson? What what do we expect from him on the field? Because he's been waiting his turn, and now he finally has it. Yeah, I think you'll see. Uh, I don't know that the play will uh, quarterback will diminish. Uh, I just think it'll be different a little bit. It'll look a little different. It's not, uh, you know, Stetson had that uh, – uh, my broadcast partner, Eric Zier, always, you know, called him the gunslinger. He said he had that gunslinger mentality. Uh, I don't, I don't know that Carson has that. He's, he's, uh, uh, you know, it's a different kind of personality, a quarterback, bigger guy, six, four. Uh, so he probably sees the field a little bit better than, than, uh, than Stetson did. Doesn't have to move around in the pocket as much. Um, I don't know that he wants to, you know, to scramble and roll out of the pocket. That's when, when Bennett was so dangerous and, and uh, good most of the time, you know, when he could create outside of the pocket, uh, I think you'll see that look a little bit different this year for Georgia with, with Carson Beck. So, uh, you know, he's an accurate passer. Uh, he's a super smart guy, knows the offense very well, you know, all the old cliches to, you know, what goes into being a good quarterback. So I, I think those are some of the things you'll see different. I don't know that he's um, – you know, I mean, they they want they want Carson to get the ball to the playmakers. That's that message has been delivered for the last four or five weeks uh, in training camp and everything. So um, they don't want him to try to be the game winner. They just want him to get the ball to the best guys on the field, and that would uh, I would imagine include Brock Bowers a lot. Scott, this is a great chat. We'll let you get back to uh, prepping for UT Martin. Thanks so much for the time this morning. Uh, safe travels this season. I'm sure we'll talk to you again down the road here this year. Andrew, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Scott Howard, radio voice of the Georgia Bulldogs. Again, the, the pursuit of a three-peat hasn't happened since the 30s, and Minnesota begins tomorrow against UT Martin. Um, the Georgia schedule, again, most of this is given to them, not made by them, but it's UT Martin Ball State, South Carolina UAB, at Auburn, Kentucky, at Vandy, Florida, obviously uh, off campus, Missouri, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. As the year begins, only Ole Miss and Tennessee are ranked, and they are November 11th and November 18th. Georgia doesn't need any gifts, but in the land of the SEC, in the land of Power 5 schools, that's that's a gift. That's got plenty of time to figure things out, work out some kinks, new quarterback, replacing, as always, multiple spots, multiple levels, both sides of the ball. Uh, but there's, there's nothing coming early to really scare them. All these things can change, obviously, based on how teams play. Uh, but that's not a bad run to get you perfectly through the regular season. And then once again, the playoff, we can really flex your muscles. Now, I teased this last hour, and then we got distracted because that's what we're best at. And then 
I, I don't remember if Schwartz mentioned in his update. It's possibly didn't. Uh, but while we've been talking this morning, the ACC has officially invited Stanford, Cal, and SMU to the league. And obviously they're going to accept. Now it sounds like NC State is the school that might have flipped. They needed one more vote to get to 12 of 15 schools saying yes. North Carolina last night issued a statement ahead of this morning's meeting to say, we no, no thanks on those three, no, and we're not changing our mind. So we know that North Carolina didn't flip. It seems like maybe NC State did to get them over the hump. And as expected, Cal and Stanford join with partial payments. SMU's taking no money early. So it's going to be about $70, $75 million that then gets split amongst the existing members and Notre Dame. That's leftover shares that are not going to those three schools over six or seven years. So it's something, but that doesn't fix the revenue gap between the ACC and the SEC slash the Big Ten. So the adding these three schools doesn't necessarily calm down Florida State or Clemson or anybody else that thinks the ACC's money system is out of whack. It doesn't solve that problem yet. It does give life, and this you know, has mattered to me. We've discussed this. Stanford and Cal, athletic departments as a whole, need to exist, need to play Power 5 sports. So I'm glad that this is that they have found that kind of home. I just wish they had found it where they live because now all of those glorious Olympic-producing sports, championship sports, now have to crisscross the country to play conference games, which is just not good for soccer baseball, track and field, whatever it may be. Uh, I just retweeted a tweet that I've said myself recently. We just need to get to the point as soon as possible where football's by itself. And then everybody goes back where they belong, so to speak. Back to geography, back to rivals, which boils hate, which boil hates, but back to the place that makes sense. Not Stanford playing Clemson in a conference softball game. That's never going to make sense. It needs to be on the West Coast. It needs to be on the East Coast. It needs to be North, South, history, all those things back together. Let's just get to there. That's where we're going. Let's just get there sooner rather than later. Speaking of rivalries and, and Aunt Joni, who I brought up last time, I yeah. trashed these supposed rivalries. Right, supposed. Remember yesterday we were talking about Boyle's Seed, the Twitter account that mm. hasn't checked in in a while? Checked. They've checked in. How are they? Boyle's Seed tweets at me, hey, Pop. I'd apologize for ghosting you, but I've been busy comforting Aunt Joni with Jagged Little Pill on repeat. What is what is Jagged Little Pill? That's Alanis Morissette album. Yep. That's the Alanis album. That's where uh, Ironic is on. All those songs that you know that Alanis sings are on Jagged Little Pill. That's right. I feel like I kind of wiped Alanis Morissette from my memory. She kind of disappeared a little bit. Yeah, but also, too... um. Jack Little Pill became like a Broadway show for a little bit. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's something. Right? That did have, I think, probably three of her big hits on there. At least three. What's yeah. her? What's that song, Ironic? Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? You know, you found a spoon, all you need is a thousand forks, or you found a thousand forks, all you need is a knife, something like that. Right. And some of the things are actually not ironic, but that's the song. And then the chorus is like, and then and, and it figures. Nope, that's a different song. That's I not think. that song. I think that's a different song. Or, or is I just, I just singing it poorly. 
It might be that too. You know what? We can do that next. No, that, that is ironic. Is it? Yeah, that is ironic. He was singing it. Let me look up the lyrics because I didn't know what the words are. So once I figure, oh yeah, here it is. It's like rain yeah. on, on your wedding day. day. It's a free, free ride when you've already paid. See, you love her. It's the good advice that you just, just didn't take. Which I don't think is ironic. And who would have thought it figures? You hung strong for a while, but once again, you ended on Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> no way! Yeah. That dude. That's just the vo- that's the voice. That's the Boyle voice. That's my. Those are the the program settings. Yep. It just you'll get it's it's like DAs impersonations. They always end up being back on John Casey, Gruden or Casey Kasem. Casey, or Casey, Casey Kasem. Kasem. Yeah. They always I end up back Goat there. Maggio shout. <laughs> Hey! Because I'm a loser, I was watching Delaware Stony Brook college football last night, and Stony Brook's quarterback is named Casey Case. Now, I've got a lot of questions for his family, but all I heard was Casey Kasem, and then I heard DA doing Casey Kasem. <laughs> so I'm doing, I'm watching on my, on Flow Sports, Delaware Stony Brook making long distance dedications to a college football game <laughs> because Casey Case is playing quarterback for Stony Brook. Leave me alone. Uh, an update. Uh, and then a Michael Orr update when we come back here on the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Happy Being Alive Day, the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. And here we are, almost done with this summer fry DA in just a second. Lisa Colliff, a movie rights attorney, is going to join us and help us weed through what's going on with this Michael Orr lawsuit against the Tui family, against the movie, the book about his life. We'll do all of that after we get the final headlines of the morning from Peter Schwartz. Oh, Bugs, it was quite a Thursday for Brave star Ronald Acuna Jr. in Los Angeles. In the morning, he married his longtime girlfriend and now wife Maria. Then at night, he consummated the marriage with a slam. Ronald Hammers is to left center. The ball is history. And Ronald Acuna Jr. just made history. He has Major League Baseball's first ever 30-60 season, and he does it in grand fashion. And Atlanta has a 5-1 lead. 
Bay. Brandon Garden at the call on Bally Sports South. Braves over the Dodgers 8-7 in the opener of this series between division leaders. Acuna becoming the first player in baseball history with 30 homers and 60 RBI in a season. Very happy to be honest and extremely privileged privileged to have, you know, to have God let me play the game that I love every day with the same enthusiasm and energy and love for the game and to be able to go out here and contribute and help the team win any way that I can. Very happy. Acuna threw an interpreter on Bally Sports South. Now to Washington. 2-1 pitch to Jazz. High drive hit deep. Right field. If it's fair, it's gone. This baby is out of here. Jazz Chisholm Jr. That's the big hit the Marlins needed. It's a three-run bomb here in the top of the fifth inning. It's his 14th of the season. His second extra base hit of the night. And the Marlins have blown it open here in the fifth inning. They lead 5-0. That was Kyle Seelaff on Marlins Radio. Marlins beat the Nationals 6-1. Also, the Giants beat the Padres 7-2. And the Tigers over the Yankees 4-3 in 10 innings. Now to the NFL. Niners defensive lineman Nick Bosa remains a holdout, but there is hope he could still be at practice next week. Head coach Kyle Shanahan confident Bosa will be in good shape when he arrives. I think he's been in that shape since he was probably two and a half years old, um, and he continues to work at it, so I know he'll be in shape. I know he'll be ready to go. Um, it's just when he gets here and making sure he's in the football shape and we don't do anything that jeopardizes him not having him later. Other NFL news, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup suffers a setback in his return from a hamstring injury. He's day-to-day. College football, number 14, Utah, taking on Florida. And the Utes' first offensive play of the game was money. First and 10 from the 30. Motion Vele across the formation. Play action pass and a roll for Bryson Barnes. Lots of time. Looking long. He's got a man out there. Money parks. Caught 20, 15, 10, 5. That's a touchdown. Wow. 70 yards on the opening play. And a touchdown to Monterran. Buddy Parks. That was Bill Riley on the Utes Radio Network, number 14, Utah over Florida, 24-11. to The FIBA World Cup this morning, the United States improving the 4-0, 85-73, went over Montenegro. Anthony Edwards pacing the United States with 17 points. And U.S. Open action later on today in New York. Yesterday, winners include Carlos Alcaraz and Daniil Medvedev on the men's side, Arena Sabalenka and Jessica Pagula on the women's side, folks. Thank you, Mr. Schwartz. Uh, We are coming up on our final half hour here on the DA Show on this Friday morning. There is still time to get in your responses to our Target Demo Friday meme, where you're listening, how you're listening, and wishing Pete your best as he leaves the show for basically the remainder of September. It's not not forever. It's not longer than that. It's not months, years, just weeks. So, I don't know, good news, bad news is what it is. Uh, but there's still time to get your answers at CBS Sports Radio, at Andrew Bogish. want to thank, once again, Scott Howard, voice of Georgia football, for joining us earlier this hour. In just a second, we're going to talk more about Michael Orr and everything that's going on, specifically about the movie, The Blind Side, that we've probably all seen by now, and its particular connection to this story. Lisa Califf is a movie rights attorney, a partner at Donaldson Califf Perez, LLP, uh, and she is with us here this morning on the DA Show. Lisa, it is Andrew. Thank you for getting up early for us. We really do appreciate it, and welcome to the show. Hey, Andrew. So happy to be here, and nice to meet you telephonically. Yes, absolutely, and I apologize in advance um, for probably bungling and asking silly questions, but I'm definitely not smart enough to understand most of the things that we're about to discuss, so so bear with me here. But I guess the thing that I learned uh, in the last 24 hours or so that I didn't realize is, like, 
anybody can make a movie about me and there's not much I could do with it. Like I don't own my story, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually a really interesting, I think it's a really interesting area of the law because for one thing, you're not the only one who doesn't understand this area. I think most people don't understand this area. And I think that entertainment lawyers have a lot to do with that because we call it a life rights agreement. It sounds like you're getting the rights to somebody's life. And it's actually a little, I think the way in which I interpret it is a little bit differently because I'll back up a little bit, but I won't be too lengthy, but it's like, we all have a first amendment right to tell a story, to tell an accurate story. And that doesn't go away just because the facts are interesting or the facts are about somebody, but somebody's life is comprised of a bundle of facts. And those facts are all in the public domain, no matter, well, they may not all be in the public domain, but as long as we know about them, they're all public, they're known to people, people can report on them, they can talk about them, they can make a movie about them. But what the life rights do is it really helps, It what it does is it gives the person access to that individual, it hopefully gives the individual who's making the content a waiver of claims, which is a really great thing, um, and it gives that, that person often exclusivity to the individual and gives gives the filmmaker or the content creator also the ability to have um, that person involved in publicity and involved in promoting the film or whatever the content is. And so it's really a valuable tool, but it's really not giving you the life rights, but it is giving you a whole other bundle of stuff that's great when you're making a movie. But yeah, you're, you're, anybody can make a movie about you. They can find the VA show so interesting and do a deep dive on who you are and make a movie. And as long as it's accurate and it's not defaming you or putting you in a false light in any way, they have a legal right to do that. So that's the, so that's the only requirement is to be accurate. Like they could, if we were a bad, a bad person for some reason and that was in the movie, there's nothing we could do to fight that? Um. I don't want to say there's nothing you can do. You know, sometimes there are things that have gone awry, but basically, it basically, yes, because what the First Amendment does is it gives you the right to tell an accurate story. What a person would have a claim against is if the story is inaccurate. And some people get that confused, too. They think, oh, well, it's disparaging. You know, I can't talk about this individual because I'm talking about them in a negative way. That's okay, too, as long as that negativity is accurate. So, Defamation and disparagement are two very different things, and defamation is a clear legal standard where you're making a false statement of fact that actually harms the reputation of a person. And that's a, that's a tough burden to accomplish, that the, that the content creator is actually making false statements of fact, usually knowingly, if it's a public figure, the, the plaintiff has to prove that there was actual malice, meaning the person has to prove that the person, the other person who made the statement realized the statement was false or acted with like this reckless disregard as to whether the statement was true. And if the statement's not a public figure, it's a lesser standard. It's a standard of negligence. Right. But yes, if you're telling an accurate story, and the other issue is privacy. You know, I'm telling an accurate story, but it's about, you know, me and my, and an ex, and there's all these private facts, and I'm disclosing information about that person that hasn't been known to the public before. They could have a claim for that too. So that's the invasion of privacy, which also is not acceptable under the law. Lisa Califf is with us here, a movie rights attorney from Donaldson Califf Perez LLP, uh, helping us kind of follow up and, and further this Michael Orr story that kind of began with DA on these airwaves a couple of weeks ago. Going back to these life story rights deals, what are they? 
what do they look like in terms of compensation? Is that part of them, or is that a, also a separate agreement with between like a movie company and an athlete or an entertainer? Yeah, compensation is usually all a part of it. And why is somebody going to sign up and say, yeah, you can tell my story, and I'm not going to let any others tell my story, and I won't tell my own story, but I'm going to let you do it um, without compensation. So compensation is, is typically always a part of those types of agreement, especially in the feature film world. I work a lot on nonfiction documentaries, and in that world, a lot of times you do have some sort of limited right or exclusivity, and there's not compensation or certainly not as much but once you get into the scripted world that compensation is pretty much a given and the compensation usually consists of an upfront payment much similar to michael or the tui's deal um compensation up front and some sort of back-end participation in success so i want to go back to your idea of a da show movie or documentary because it sounds like a great a great watch. So it's let's say somebody, great idea. right? Uh, it so, really starts. We'll talk about this later off air. So let's say somebody makes a DA show documentary and it becomes like the greatest sports radio documentary of all time, but they did it without us being involved. Do we have any way to on like on the, on the back end ask for something? Cause they are benefiting from our show. How would that work? You really wouldn't. Okay. Um, you know, a good example, good, good examples are, you know, winning time on HBO. You know, none of those individuals are involved. I don't think any of them are involved. Certainly not the main characters of the Lakers are involved in that. And none of them are compensating off of that. So to come and ask for compensation later really isn't something that would happen unless there was some collaboration. You know, maybe the studio wants you on board because they're saying, yeah, you know, we'd actually love for you to promote it or we'd love to do a sequel with you or we'd love to tell your side of the story and doing something else. But just to kind of ask for compensation because you used, the company has used your name and likeness doesn't fly. There's not really a good justification for that. So last question to tie this all back to Michael Orr. Is, is there a legal basis for him to be claiming wanting a share of the profits from the blind side? You know, maybe. The issue with Michael is so different because there's so many agreements in place, and it really depends. I, I find this fascinating, and I'd love to see all of the underlying agreements, to his life rights agreement that he allegedly signed, what the original conservatorship says, because we all have the ability to waive our legal rights. So to the extent his conservatorship says that he's not entitled to any compensation or that the two weeks get to control all of his, um, any compensation that comes in, then that's what would govern. And if his rights agreement doesn't give him any money, but the two weeks get money, then he wouldn't have a right to that unless the court found those agreements unconscionable or invalid for some reason, then maybe he would have the ability to kind of claw back and get some of the compensation that the two he's received. But it's all, it's so much based on, all of that is based on what he has in his contract and what, what all those agreements say. And let me just sneak in one more, if you don't mind, a quick one, a question yeah. that, that I've had since this story kind of came to light. Does it matter that it's happening so far after the fact? Is there any kind of expiration date on your rights in, in this kind of fight? You know, there is. There are statutes of limitations. Again, because this is a this is a contractual issue, and he's really saying that he just discovered this. I can't remember when he's saying, but that he just discovered that all of this was happening a few years ago. He's sort of within that statute of limitations. But a contract claim, my under my recollection, I'm not a litigator, so I don't do this every day, but it's four years. 
the, the statute of limitations, you have to bring claim within four years. But I think they're saying that they just realized this within four years. So it's four years from when the actual action happened or from when, when you reasonably should have known that it happened. So there's some flexibility there. And I'm guessing that that's how he's getting in with these claims. Lisa, and the conservatorship is ongoing, right. allegedly. So, you know, so you would still have a claim for that. Lisa, this was super helpful. Uh, you're on the West Coast, so it's super early. Thank you for everything today. We really do appreciate it. I'm sure there'll be another reason to, to bother you with questions sometime down the road. Absolutely. Well, good luck, and I'll be following this just as you are and interested to see how it comes out. Thank you very much. Again, that's Lisa Califf, a partner, movie rights attorney, Donaldson Califf Perez, LLP. Uh, it's a, you know, aside from all the legal stuff, who's right, who's wrong, it just sucks that we thought this great story, movie aside, the real life people that Michael Lore was able to become Michael Lore for it to take a turn and maybe a bad turn if if his side of the story is the one closer to reality then that just kind of sucks for everybody. Uh, one last break when we come back, an epic fail, a Target Demo Friday, and a goodbye to Pete. It's all next on DA Show, CBS Sports Radio. It's a Friday fiesta. Here's what our listeners in the Target Demo are up to. We gave you a goodbye meme as Pete leaves the show for three weeks to be, I don't know, Mrs. Doubtfire. Stay-at-home dad, Mr. Mom. You pick your 80s movie reference. Oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Tommy Topspin. I know him. Happy Target Demo Friday. Watching on Twitch. Glad this week is close to being over. I'm not very excited. My 10-year-old daughter has started cheerleading. All that comes along with this is a nightmare. Pray for me. Golf on Monday. Look forward to secrets I once cheerled. Cheerleaded? I don't know the right way to do that, but that's Tommy Topspin. This is really pathetic. My guy, Sean Iron Man, mm-hmm. swallowest dude in all the land, uh, tweets, Good morning to the all-star crew. We are here in South Carolina, the whole family, watching the show on YouTube before little one goes to school. And then Jim, as he always does. No days off for Sean Ironman. Ironman. Iron Man. Time for Pete to bring in the AI clones. Pete! Pete! Pete, what are you doing? Joe Mama in Du Bois, PA. Good luck, Pete. Winner interviews for the Wheels of Steel. I'd like to throw my name in there. Forget the bugs. There's no interviews. I'll be back. <laughs> Jason Elliott at Jason underscore WMU tweets, Happy Target Demo Friday, fellas. Celebrating the big WMU football victory. Yeah. I'm guessing that's Western Michigan over NEC Powerhouse St. Francis last night. Streaming on the Odyssey app as always. Wishing Pete the best in his departure. Enjoy the hut. Also, I'm going to need a few days off <laughs> next week. Just go ahead and pencil someone in. I am not a, a compulsive gambler yet. Backwards Brian watching from with Twitch from Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Great week of shows. We'll miss you, Pete. Just before you leave, please show Botcher and Carlos where you had all your favorite drops. Thank you for your service. Hashtag Target Demo Friday. Hashtag Feed Up Friday. Hashtag Hazelnut Over Pumpkin Spice. Can we clarify? I am not a shy guy. No. Wolf Stars tweets, Happy Friday at Fish Trap Lake, Minnesota. Listening on the CBS Sports Radio app, I wish Pete the body the best in all his endeavors. He will be missed. Hashtag target demo. Hashtag how did it happen? I go in a urinal. I go in the stall wherever. Send your pant leg. As always, I'll have to listen to the first three hours on the Odyssey replay. But I wanted to check in and wish the body a, wait, checks notes. Three weeks? Kick rocks, Pete. Hey, ho, hey, 
You didn't, oh. do, you didn't do Dixieland Dan yet, did you? No. Uh, my guy Dixieland Dan tweets, watching on, and I hopefully there's no curses in this because I haven't read it beforehand. Watching on Twitch, going out to eat some fried catfish at the Lake Restaurant tonight. Got a podcast to do tomorrow morning for football, and then I'm sitting in my recliner with ice cold beer in front of my 70-inch TV Oof. for 10 hours watching kickoff weekend. Hashtag goodbye, pity pockets. Dance with me, come on! <laughs> Steven in SC, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, watching on YouTube. Pete the Body, enjoy your time off knowing when you get back, the Braves will still be winning. Anybody? Do we have time for more, Pete? You Anybody? tell me. One more. Oh, the what? pressure. The pressure. Uh, Coach Encorn, JD, fr- happy Friday, listening on Sirius Radio from Kentucky. Wish Pete the Body all the best during his leave. Opening weekend for deer hunting and college football. It's all back. Fire up the grill. Let's go. Hashtag Whoa Nelly. That's me. Whoa. And that's your target demo Friday. This is your epic fail, an historical one to celebrate the return of college football. Here's DA. That's from last year, D.A. as Lou Holtz. Even the D.A. show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. I wrote so many letters to Brian Kelly over the years, and he never wrote back. And so it's going to be even more difficult than the SEC when he's not playing. I write Brian Kelly maybe eight Positive letters. Florida A&M every week. <laughs> That's a 7 out of 10. I told Brian Kelly one time when I saw him at a CBS in South Bend. I said, you better go. There's no more Khalil Rockets. And I go to the mailbox every day hoping I'm going to find an answer. It's an opening day anymore. <laughs> I told Brian, I told Brian, if you think you're going to get those Miami of Ohio Red Hawks on homecoming anymore, you're wrong. And it's a two-for-one special on Calamine Lotion. When you get a nasty letter, you write, Dear Jim. Jeez. <laughs> By the way, Lou Holtz is writing all these letters. Wait till he finds out Notre Dame now plays a game a year only on Peacock. <laughs> I told... I, I roll letters to Brian Kelly. It's much harder in the, in the SEC. Hurt your reputation and find out who it is and put a stop to it. Because they don't wear leather helmets down there. <laughs> now that you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> All the games are on TV in the SEC. But you're going to find out he's not going to be playing Toledo. He's not going to be playing Marshall. <laughs> this conference is a little bit different. All the games are on TV in the SEC. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. Everybody hears Casey Kasem still, right? I mean, there's no way not to. It's just Casey with a lisp. It's just, and it's the it's the pacing. One of those sentences like, in South Bend. Like Casey would say, yeah, the pacing. Here, here's Tom from South Bend. And then if... So that's where the Casey comes from. The voice is there, but it's the, it's the, it's the pacing... The structure of the sentences, where the voice goes up or down, 
it is, he has two base impersonations, and then he'll just tack on an accent or throw some marbles in his mouth and it becomes a different person. <laughs> but you can't escape the beginning. It's just, it's always there. He has to do that again. He has to do that Lou Holtz one again. Even though he's tacking on something there, I, I forgot how funny that was. And there's a special on Calamine Notion. <laughs> yeah, you could see Lou Holtz or Casey Kasem saying it. Interchangeable. Right. Interchangeable. Um, we didn't, and shame on me, I can't believe we didn't get to the, the female brawl at the porta potty line at a Morgan Wallen, Whalen, Wallen concert? Wallen. In Pittsburgh Last recently. Last night we let the liquor talk. It, it was a doozy, and it went in and out of porta potties. I don't know if it'll still have legs on Tuesday when we're all back together, but maybe it'll show up there. But it, it has us written all over it. That, and might, I was, be, that might be one with DA. And, yeah, and I was going to need Boyle to help me with Morgan Wallen. I know he exists, but I don't know any of his songs. And right away, Boyle on cue sings it. All right, taking it to the street. There you go. This is why your dad is so proud of you. He made a burner account to defend you on social media. Maybe two. Maybe he's Boyle Seed too. No, that they don't like that angle. That's oh. the one storyline they don't. Okay. They like their son to be a little more responsible with the Boyle name, gotcha. Gene Pool. Gotcha. But otherwise, it is a full-throated defense of young Pat Boyle. For what? Yep. Hey, you've done a lot of work this week. Seriously. take Get some rest here soon. Have a PSL or two. Take a nap. Enjoy your tennis. Boyle will be back in that seat next week. Pete will not be. The cast of characters on that front resumes on Tuesday. That's when DA's back here. That's when I'll do my regular job. But for now, huge thanks to Scott Howard and Lisa Califf, our two guests this morning. My thanks again to these dopes for getting me through another day without DA. All of that's over. Summer Fridays are done here in 2023. One big happy family minus Pete and Sean when we get back here on Tuesday. Have a happy, safe Labor Day weekend. For now, the mothership disconnects. I'll see you when the Jets are 3-0. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 